Hi, this is Regeline Sabat, also known as Gigi, and you're listening to Walk With Me podcast. My guest today is Victoria. She's a motivational keynote speaker, author, and she's a domestic violence survivor and advocate. Welcome to the show, Victoria. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Such an honor to have you here today. Now, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit more about you and where are you from? I am from the East Coast. Um, I am a survivor of domestic violence and a mother to the most amazing, resilient, special needs child that anyone's ever met. I know we all say that, but um, I am also disabled now myself. And I have been advocating for special needs families, special needs children, uh, for oh, over 16 years now. And I also advocate for survivors of domestic violence as well as other forms of abuse. Now you mentioned that you're, you're currently disabled now. Were your injuries a result of, the, of everything that you sustained from domestic violence? Yes. Can you talk to us a little bit more about your experience with domestic violence and how you survived domestic violence? Well, I have to kind of give a little backstory and make a little more sense of this, of it. <clears throat> I was in a relationship with the love of my life. Um, we were together for four years and we broke up. Only time in my life I ever rebounded. And I found myself with this very charismatic, charming, um, very devoted individual who found my weakness, if you will, which was I wanted to be a mom. And he grabbed a hold of that and played that to the fullest. He kept reminding me that my hesitation in getting us into a more serious spot of a relationship so quickly was my insecurity because of what I've experienced with others previously, regardless of the fact that I would say, if we're meant to be together, what is another six months? What is taking it a little slower? I felt like it was a rushed thing, but every time I would feel that way, it was, well, I'm not the one who hurt you. I'm not the one who made you build this brick wall. So why would you not want us to start spending our days together and be happy when we've been so far away from one another up to this point? So... Uh, fast forward, and next thing I know, we're rushing down the um, relationship of Express Lane, and he was so charismatic and charming, and he just was physically not my type, but I wanted that nice guy. I didn't care so much, you know, looks fade. That's not really what I was about, and he kept telling me how, you know, him being overseas so much forbid him from being able to be a family man. And that's what he really wanted. And so come to my wedding day now, and I'm gonna kind of show you how old I am, is that I was sitting in the bathroom with my Palm Pilot looking for airfare back home because everything within me told me that this was wrong and that I shouldn't be there. But something amazing came over me. I can't explain it. And I ended up getting up, dusting myself off, literally, and going and getting married. And shortly after that, I moved in with him. I didn't live with him until we were married. I worked. Um, so when I was working, I traveled a lot for work, and I had my own place. So we didn't kind of spend the time together that a lot of people would. And 
again with my hesitation of why we're going to wait another six months. And then we got pregnant. And after that, that's when the abuse started. And walk us through the, the moment that you, you were stabbed and what, what did you do after you were stabbed? Uh, I was stabbed over a dozen times over the course of this period. Uh, I also have um, what's called um, concussion syndrome, where I uh, secondary concussion syndrome is really the whole technical term. I have become hearing impaired, where you can see that I actually have hearing aids now. So don't say anything, because I won't be able to hear you. Uh, so I have to wear hearing aids in both ears. I am partially paralyzed. And uh, the reason I keep clearing my throat, and I apologize to your listeners, is I was intubated not long ago for my fourth stem router, which um, is here. And it gives me electrical current out of my device uh, for pain. So that is supposed to help. And I have had a shoulder replacement. I have the nickname uh, Bionic Woman because I have pins and screws and plates uh, everywhere. Basically, my shoulder's been replaced. I have pins and screws and plates in my hands and fingers and the palm of my hand. I've had nerve transpositions, nerve transplants. I've had um, surgery and screws in my foot. Um, the list just goes on and on, honestly, for the abuse that I endured. All of this happened while I was pregnant. Uh, when I tried to get away the first time, he shot and killed my puppy to show me what he would do to me if I left. And as the time went on, the violence increased. And I have to tell the UGG, not one hit, not one slap, not one kick is okay. It's never a comparison as to who endured more had it worse. That's not how I work. It is no one deserves to have their hands put on by someone else who didn't ask for it. It doesn't matter how many times one is too many. So this kept going. The abuse was getting worse. I went to his platoon and asked them to help protect me. They turned a blind eye, which is actually pretty common, believe it or not, in the military. I have to do a disclosure, so uh, please forgive me for a second. I know that not every one of our military branches are bad. I know that not all of our soldiers are bad, but I unfortunately have a really poopy group, if you would excuse my terminology, um, that didn't care and they took over and covered it up for him, which is not uncommon. The numbers of women that are going through abuse and domestic violence in a military household are one in three. And when you think about that, if it's one in three that are reported, how many are not reported? And that is a very eye-opening statistic when you think about it. I even went to the advocacy team. Um, I learned about things like the transitional compensation plans. These are things that you would never know if you didn't go and seek help seek refuge, seek shelter. Uh, I was told I had, was going to be moved and they would help me get my daughter and I safe. And that didn't happen. And we ended up back at the hands of this abuser who made my body his physical punching bag. And no matter how many times you hear, well, why didn't you just make him happy? Why didn't you just do what he said? It, that doesn't matter because you could do everything to the letter of what they say, but if you 
do not, I mean, you're walking on eggshells regardless. You can do everything they say, but if they get cut off on the way home, they get a bad incident happens at work. It doesn't matter what it is. They're going to come home and take it out on us regardless. It doesn't matter if we do everything they ask. We are still going to get it. So when people make that comment, it is very hurtful to hear that. And a lot of people really need to support us and help us lend us a hand, help us be our support, not hurt us when we're at our lowest point in our entire life. It literally feels as if you're an asthmatic in a small enclosed room full of smokers. You're isolated in your own personal hell. It is um, incredibly scary when you're asleep and you're pregnant and he wakes you up beating you in the face because he's thirsty and he wants you to go get him some water. And that's how he would wake me up. And I truly believed I would die at his hands. And thank God you're alive. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the behaviors that Victoria is referring to in regards to the abuser, in regards to domestic violence, is a narcissistic character trait. And so it's so important to be aware of what a narcissist is and to be aware of these signs and red flags, which Victoria has mentioned several already. Now, Victoria, as a domestic violence survivor myself, my heart truly goes out to you. Now, Thank you. Now, you and I have previously spoken and you talk about your faith getting you through. Can you share that with us today? Absolutely. I was given a less than 2% chance of survival. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I knew that it was my faith that pulled me through because there were so many times, Gigi, I would lay on that floor and just say, I can't do this anymore. I cannot take another day of this. And I would feel like this kicking and I'm sorry, it's still so hard. And I would feel this kicking, like, I'm here too. You can't give up. You can't quit. You've got to keep going. And that is why I did what I did. Um, I coded with my daughter during a C-section, an emergency C-section. And yet here we are today. My daughter's had 34 surgeries. She's the strongest, most resilient, most beautiful, loving amazing person I've ever met. And she is my reason of life. She's my heir of life. Um, her name is Faith. Um, she, I tell her all the time that my greatest honor is being her mom. And, and it's amazing. She is so giving. All she cares about is helping others and paying it forward. Even though she has had so many obstacles in her life and she has overcome every single one of them. She has just moved mountains every year since she was four. I took her to see Santa and she was born with almost a non, oh, it was almost non-existent tongue. It's non-functioning. And so I always was her interpreter behind her. And she sat with Santa and told Santa that she wanted to give kids like her a Christmas. So immediately I put on a fundraiser and we raised, I believe it was 250-ish toys we went to the chronic care facilities because we all know the kids' hospitals are going to be taken care of at the holidays. So I got all of her therapists because we had 15 to 25 appointments a week. And we got the little red wagons and we went to the chronic care facilities. Obviously, this is before COVID. And Faith would go and just say, Gigi, I'm going to 
<clears throat> use you hypothetically, and she would say, hi, Gigi, I want to give you a present for Christmas. What would you like? And she would let you pick out whatever you wanted. And if you had your brother or sister in the room with you, she would say, I'm so sorry, my fault. I didn't put the tag on your gift. And Gigi wanted you to have a present just from her. And so I didn't put the, the tag on. So you can pick out whatever you want. And she would let their siblings come pick out gifts as long as they understood that it came from the patient because she wanted them to feel loved and included from and by that patient. And every year we would ask her, is there anything here you want out of this? And she said, no, I've already got it. I got everything I want. This is my wish. And we do it every year to this day. Um, we do fundraisers for the holidays. We do fundraisers for um, women of domestic violence. Last year, we, because of COVID, we kind of adopted a facility of domestic violence um, shelter for women. And my my daughter, Gigi, is so unbelievably giving and sweet. She is developmentally delayed and has an executive function disorder. Uh, she's a teenager and she came to me with all the money she had and asked if it would be enough for her to get cookies for all of the children and if we could get icing and maybe some decorations so that they could decorate these cookies and have it for Christmas. And it literally just blew me away at the gift that this child has within her heart. Um, when we go to the doctors, the, the doctors actually have her advocate as well with other children and show them how easy it's going to be when they get done with the surgery. She saw a beautiful man who is probably in his 70s who had a tracheostomy like she did. And she walked up to him and said, hi. Again, I'm interpreting behind her. And she said, you have a trach. I have one too. And at this time, she's probably 10, maybe 11. And she said, um, when it comes out, it's going to look like this. And she said, you're going to be fine. And he had a whiteboard and he was writing on it. And he said, how can I feel bad when you have such an amazing smile and you just made my day? And I can't, there's moments like that. I could, I could take hours and hours of your time and, and give you so many different examples. There's been so many celebrities who've come out of the woodwork um, in support of her and what she does. And like I said, my greatest honor is being her mom. She's so amazing. Um, when all this was happening in the beginning, I did fight and get the rights terminated from the toxic person that I was with. And we both have restraining orders against him permanently. Since that time, I married my soulmate from before. I got married to this animal and he's adopted my daughter, which is the best gift I could have ever asked for. And now we continue to do everything that we can to help others in need. That is incredible. Thank you for sharing that with us, Victoria. Now, Victoria, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness? I tell my daughter that if you can just make one person smile a day, regardless of how, then you're doing an amazing job. We always try and pay it forward no matter what. Um, everybody has a beautiful inner light. Some people choose to let that light go for their own reasons. And the negativity and the toxicity, that's not something that I want in my life or 
do I want my daughter or my husband's life? Um, you have the ability to move mountains. And I tell everybody, you have survived 100% of your hardest days. And when you let that resonate in, that really makes a difference. 100% of your hardest days, regardless of how bad they were. I mean, there was times I was laying there bleeding out of body parts that you shouldn't have blood coming from. And I thought, I'm not going to make it till morning. And I look back now and think, I survived that. And there's a purpose for me here. And that purpose is for me to help others find that light and help them find the beauty in their life. You know, I do this thing when I'm working with anyone really, where I take 11 rocks, marbles, um, different things of that nature, but there's two colors. You have a tan or beige, and you have a red or purple. And there's only one red or purple, and the remainder are the tan and beige. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I put that out there, and I do this with my survivors, and I do this with the special needs families and the children. And I say, okay, sign to me the color that you like. Uh, tell me in chat the color that you pick. If you could only have one of these, what would it be? Everybody goes to the red or the purple every single time. And it's always the same answer. It's beautiful. It's different. It's not boring. It's not bland. Who wants to be boring? Who wants to be bland? We've been given this opportunity to be down a road of a journey that's not like others. Everything that has been put on us, we've been brought through for a reason. And our journey is an exquisite one that when you can see a smile on a child who does not take a thing for granted, how can we complain about anything? It just makes no sense to me. So that would be what I would have to say is that there is such beauty in life. You just have to maybe have a little help turning back on that inner beauty light to help find it. And that's what we're here for. I love it. Find your inner beauty. Very powerful. Now, Victoria, can you talk to us a little bit more about your, your memoir? Yes. <clears throat> it was never supposed to be a book. I was sitting in a wheelchair at first and sitting by the bedside of my daughter in the NICU. She was in a medically induced coma. For your listeners who have children, I hope and pray that they never have to go through this. But imagine watching your daughter have 20 plus seizures a day, coding constantly. She even went gray at multiple uh, occasions. And the decision was made that she needed a tracheostomy. After that procedure was complete, they put her in a medically induced coma for several days. And you can't stimulate your child when they return back from that. So I sat bedside and I would read to her. I would sing to her. And I literally just started screaming into my laptop because I was alone. I went through this alone. And I didn't know what else to do. I was being interrogated every time I turned a corner. Why did this happen? <clears throat> Who saw him hit you? Who saw him break your nose? Who saw this? Nobody watches their surroundings when they're getting hit. I know I never did. I'm sure you didn't. You're getting your nose broken. You're not like, wait, let me see who's watching. We don't do that. And nobody raises their hand and says, hey, I'm electing to get my nose broken. Nobody does that either but I was being interrogated constantly by the military 
on what I did to make him so angry. So I just started screaming into my laptop because that's all I had was my words. And anyone who's ever been through any of this knows that our word is the most crucial, important thing that we have because we, as the victims, which I hate that term, we're not victims, we're survivors, have to prove what was done to us over and over again, why these animals get away with it. They don't have to prove anything. They just sit on the sideline and laugh and start looking for their next prey while we get attacked all over again, having to prove what happened to us over and over again, which is so wrong. The laws are not tough enough. It is ridiculous what has to be done for justice. I had dead to rights, nine felonies, and he didn't serve jail time. I had uh, photographs. We had uh, medical records. We had sworn affidavits from medical personnel. And we even had him admit everything on an audio. And yet he walks. It's dumbfounding to me. But when you think of the statistics, if we can teach our children and we can help other women, maybe we can stop it before it starts by showing them what to look for. That's right. I agree. Now, Chad Johnson has joined us. Thank you for listening in today. He says, your male to female transformation is looking great. I'm confused. What and if you want to type in there what you meant by, by your male to female transformation is looking great, we'd really appreciate it so we could share it out. Now, now, Victoria, where can the audience find you? I am on Facebook. Um, my book is, it took over 10 years to finally get the nerve to put it out there. It's on Amazon. It's called Who Kicked First. I have a group called A Contagious Smile on Facebook. It's a Contagious Smile support group. So when you go in there, you will have to um, answer some questions to be vetted because I wanna make sure we keep the wolves out of the den, so to speak. We have a YouTube channel where you can see some amazing people who are supporting us. We have uh, Instagram. Again, it's at A Contagious Smile. We have our own podcast where we shine the light on the survivors I also try to bring in as many different resources as we can to help in any way possible. We also uh, showcase these amazing individuals and the things that they do, like the special needs um, individuals, we showcase them. You can also find us on the Contagious Smile where we do free social groups and we do free uh, support groups for not just the single parents, but the special needs parents. We do it for uh, victims and survivors. and uh, we're, we're everywhere. And then we have the, like I said, we have the podcast as well. That's awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Victoria on all of her social media platforms and also her website. That's www.acontagious.smile. No, it's a contagious smile.com. Contagious smile.com. Got it. Ladies and gentlemen, check it out. Thank you. We appreciate you. God bless you and be safe. Thank you.